0: please visit xmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now here's Earl.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the X Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate you spending some time with us. I'm really happy today to introduce to you Elena Snelton, a delightful young lady and a terrific story. In fact I think some of our much of our story is very similar Sounds like you were from Pioneer Stock and was, from the LDS yeah. Church. Tell it. where were you born?
2: I was born and raised in Provo, Utah, right in oh, yeah. the middle of the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right in Utah County, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. you went to school there and mm-hmm. everything? And mm-hmm. your folks well, in the church, I guess? You are born, yes. born in the yeah, church? was born huh? and raised in the church. You my
2: dad's side of the family were, like I said, Pioneer Pioneers. Stock. My, my maternal grandmother was a Harris, and oh yeah, yeah. oh wow, a Harris. And <laughs> on my grandfather's side, they came over from England, so there were yeah. some converts that came over from, from wow. England. So okay, yeah.
1: so kind of like me too. Just that was all we knew, right? is yeah, growing yeah. up, go to primary, and <laughs> yeah, didn't
2: think anything too tremendously different. Um, yeah. that was the only world I'd ever been exposed to. And
1: yeah, and did you uh, uh, go to seminary and? Mm-hmm. I went to private that.
2: school growing up, and so it was a non-denominational Christian school. Really? So we did have Bible study in the morning. Um, however, we never really got too far into uh, Exodus by the time the end of the school year went. Really? Um, now was that so your
1: folks' choice? I guess that was. Yeah. That was. And what was the? Just keep. So you weren't in public schools. Mm-hmm. Or how was. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know they had.
2: Yeah, they did that
1: yeah. kind of school in No, they did. Provo. No, they had a couple yeah. of them. They yeah. had a
2: couple of them, and so um, I did the private school thing until junior high, and then. Uh, oh, and then you went. To and then I went to junior high in eighth grade. It was my first uh-huh. year in a public school, and that was <laughs> a little eye opening because I had been so sheltered. But, oh, really? Yeah. yeah,
1: I guess that would be. So, um, growing up, I mean, going to young women's, I guess, and do, mm-hmm. uh, do my
2: family things. wasn't too terribly active as a small child. Um, Growing up, uh, we would go to church here and there. But then, out of the blue, one day my father got called into an a BYU bishopric. And oh my. <laughs> I was um, small enough at the time that I didn't quite understand what that was. And, mm-hmm. and he was in the state presidency. And then he ended up getting called to uh, be. And at BYU Bishopric, and that's when we that's started. Is that becoming a singles ward yes, kind of a yes. situation? Yeah. Yes, the singles ward at BYU, and so that's when we started becoming more active. Uh-huh. I didn't really enjoy primary too much. Um, <laughs> I didn't like the other children involved, and so typically we'd go to church with Dad up at BYU, oh, and yeah. um, we did that for a couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, but then he ended up leaving that calling because of some doctrinal conflicts he kind of felt was going on up there. Um, really. Some some of the specific morality you type of issues. Oh. I remember as I as I got older and I started asking questions about Daddy, why did you end up leaving? And and um, a, a lot of morality issues. He was saying that you know they teach one thing but kind of turn a cheek to the other, and he didn't like that. And so he stepped oh. down from that actually. Wow. My dad was always kind of a rebel. <laughs> and then after his passing, um, I was looking through a lot of his his books and a lot of his books. Mm-hmm. He would annotate in the margins some some of his thoughts and his notes, and I could kind of see him. Kind Of questioning along the way, too, but really, yeah, but he's did passed away. So.
1: Oh, did that add to your journey then? You, it did how, not. I how old were you when you looked at those things?
2: I, uh, this was just more recently, probably within the last four or five years. It was oh. after I'd already left the church that okay. I started um, going through my dad's books.
1: But you since then, that he but was, then seeing yeah. and looking back, and, and mom, was she?
2: Um, My mom has always had a testimony, however not that active. She never went through the temple again um, until my brother needed to go through the temple to get his endowments out for his mission. And um, I remember her coming home from that, and at this time I was a teenager, and she said, you know, it's changed. So it's it's not as odd as I remember, (laughs) but she hadn't gone through the last time she had gone through from my recollection recollection of her telling me was was when she married my father. Uh-huh. And she never went through again because she was too uncomfortable with it.
1: And that wasn't before 1990 <laughs> when they made all the changes
2: Correct. probably. Yeah, you know? and so I thought that was always interesting. So that was one of those little things in the back of my head that I kind of had on the shelf, the proverbial shelf going, <laughs> yeah. huh, you know.
1: <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So uh, so what happens after school?
2: Then? Oh geez. Um, so high school I was very active in the church and in the youth programs. in high school i attended um by this time my parents had divorced so i attended both my mom's and my father's ward
0: oh and i was
2: active in both i just kind of decide which one i wanted to go to that week kind of thing um went to seminary Uh, i always had a lot of questions and a lot of them were always just kind of tabled or shelved or or you don't need to know that just yet what kind of
1: questions were they um
2: a lot of basic stuff like well who wrote this book who wrote galatians why do i need to know um, about Emma Smith and that's it because I thought he practiced practice me. I thought it wasn't a rumor but is that true you know a lot of things were always just kind of shuffled off yeah, to the side or we don't need to know of that right now or yeah stuff yeah. like that and I'm um, I'm always kind of a, a intuitive or an investigative type of girl and yeah. I want to know the answers yeah. I'm a very forthright and, and <laughs> kind of in your face kind of girl and um, so, if you're going to start deferring questions like that, I kind of want to know why.
1: It does seem odd, doesn't it's it? It's odd. Yeah. yeah,
2: so so why are we yeah. not addressing you this used issue, the that word. Kind of thing?
1: You used the word to me earlier, uh, shushed. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was shushed all the time. <laughs> shushed. That's for later. And like, <laughs> don't ask those questions, and it's not. Is, did they ever say it wasn't important to your salvation kind of thing or you well, I, really yes actually
2: yes now that i think about it yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah i had that in high school and seminary yes <laughs> absolutely interesting yeah and then after um high school i enlisted in the military um in the utah national guard and oh. and served with them for seven almost eight years
1: wow and that just local then and, uh-huh, and?
2: just local i was active yeah. duty with them for quite a bit and wow. then um, i married my first husband um, i met him when i was 17. At, youth at conference. Oh, at youth conference. At youth conference. It was my oh. last youth conference. <laughs> yeah. Um, we went to Camp Williams and he yeah. was up there working that day and that's how our paths crossed and wow. we started dating right after he high school. He was a return and missionary, wasn't mm-hmm. he? And he was trans- a return missionary. And yeah.
1: you get married in the temple.
2: And we got married in the temple what after I got home from basic training and yeah. my advanced training. What yeah. did
1: you think of the temple then?
2: Um, so his, his mother, my, my um, first mother-in-law, she kind of laid the crown work for me she kind of prepared me she did she did Um, she told me stuff (laughs) probably that she ought not however um she said no don't worry about everybody's wearing funny-looking clothes and the boys are wearing Baker's hats Um, and if they touch you someplace odd don't think anything of it it only happens once and
1: so <laughs> yeah. what
2: on earth am I getting myself into? But, you know, that's all I knew. That was the tradition. Yeah, that's just and what you, you just
1: do. assume all your loved ones have been through it and, and you just understand it later or right. something. Well, my brother it.
2: explained it to me because my brother and his wife were married for a few years before I went through. And the way they explained it to me was this is the way it's been done in other worlds for eons, for, you know, <laughs> ever and ever and ever. So yeah. that's, that's just that's the way just it, is. it is. That's just <laughs> yeah. how God has planned it, and that's why it makes sense. Yeah. So... Yeah. So
1: you go on and get married and have children, yeah, I guess? We went,
2: yeah, we got married in the temple, and we waited yeah. a few years to have children. I wanted to finish school, and yeah. I was working active duty with, with the National Guard at that time, and, and um, just wanted to kind of finish growing up first. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't old enough to get married, let alone have kids, <laughs> getting married at 19. So we waited a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but then we had our first one when I was 23. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, just active in the church, I guess, both of you? And
2: mm-hmm. Um, I kind of started questioning in my early 20s when, um, after I had my first child. And I kind of stepped away from the church for a little bit.
1: What were you questioning then?
2: Um, It was more of a sense of of young rebellion. (laughs) Really? Uh, uh, My husband was much older than I was and um, quite controlling. Mm-hmm. and um, he was deployed quite a bit at that time. And so I started hanging oh. out with other people, and I felt like I wanted to recapture some youth that I had lost getting married young. Yeah. And I started going down a path I didn't want to go down. Mm. Um, but thanks to God and um, bishops involved, I, I woke up and just snapped myself out of it and just yeah. needed some help getting back on the straight and narrow path. and, yeah. and then um, And my husband was very supportive at the time, because he wanted to stay married and raise the eternal family and really? and right after that I was a very extremely staunch and um, orthodox good mormon girl good for mormon girl. a good
1: decade. Well looking back on that um, do you do you feel like you had a testimony of Joseph Smith and no. the Book of Mormon? I never did. Oh. Had you
2: I read never it. I did. did. I you? did. I've read the Book of Mormon. Um, and You
1: prayed about it, I guess. Did
2: yes, <laughs> but it wasn't the prayer that we were taught to pray about it. Oh. Um, it wasn't the, Dear Heavenly Father, show me that the words here in the Book of Mormon are true. You know, because there are truths sprinkled in it. And I think that's why um, it is so seductive, is because, it, you know, yeah, Satan it likes to sprinkle truth to get you to swallow one jihugic lie, you know. Yeah, exactly. um, but I never, I never had that burning in the bosom. I never had that steadfast testimony of Joseph Smith or of of the book of mormon and because of that i always felt like something's wrong with me i obviously haven't repented of all my sins enough to be able to have that confirmation <laughs> or or what have you i always did
1: you ever think god doesn't love you was that ever a
2: i would not directly but i always questioned if he if he really was there for me yeah because when you've been indoctrinated your whole life that you're his child he loves you no matter what but you got to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this right. to obtain that love right. and that, that and acceptance. Conditional. Very conditional, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so I, I always knew that he loved me because I was told. But mm. I never had that knowledge for myself.
1: Now, not to belabor it, but did you ever bear your testimony? Either at fast and testimony meetings, I know you went to youth conferences mm-hmm. and that kind of I stuff. I did, but
2: you? I always went back and was centered around Jesus. Was it, really? Mm-hmm. I would... So
1: what did you think of him? at this point then?
2: Jesus to me back then was my big brother <laughs> who I needed to emulate and try to um, try to follow. Yeah, um, He was so high up on a pedestal that he wasn't attainable though. Um, I, I didn't ever know that you could have a relationship. Having a relationship with Jesus, I mean, we who just, does that? We no, don't what? say that. No, really. we yeah. don't. It's in the Mormon world, you don't. You don't say. Well, you don't have that delineation between having a relationship with Christ versus. Um, I think we're just so encumbered by the religiosity of it, um, by the laws yeah. that are yeah. delegated to it. are delegated right. to us that we're just expected to follow. That yeah. we get so. Wrapped up in the list of things that you have to do, yeah. that you don't realize that you're losing. I think that's the a good way to goal. say
1: it. The church is there. The bishops are there. The mm-hmm. temples there. Families are forever is there. It just kind of all. Jesus kind of gets. I don't know where he's at exactly. Well, the I know other in thing. the temple he's just not. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh well, just that's the other thing too. Now that you mentioned it, the whole family is forever thing. Yeah. I feel like like a lot of members in the church are so engrossed with that concept as family is forever that
1: that's almost their that's god. their god, it's, it's that's their
2: idol. Yeah. Attaining the ultimate family, and God forbid, a black sheep like me should leave the church because then they're standing in their friends and their peers' eyes are. Well, something must have happened because that. <laughs> Sister, Relief Society, ladies, family member over there just dropped off the planet. Yeah, you know, so
1: interesting.
2: That that that's always kind of <laughs> been odd to me that you need to have all of these callings to help run that organization. But those callings are what take you away from your family, and I thought that was that's the ultimate goal. That's true too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're just going along and. I guess you have you have children you have seven yeah children we ended up my
2: first husband and I ended up having four kids together oh. they're wonderful oh, are they really yeah okay. yeah
1: and questioning a little bit here and there but staying active mm-hmm. you, um, I really loved
2: going to church on Sundays that was my thing um, because I was kind of a captive stay-at-home mom and I'm I'm For, more of a free week, spirit
1: and, yeah yeah and, and I liked like getting
2: to. out of the house I love being in the choir I loved my visiting teaching and I loved going to church on Sundays, because um, I could ask questions. Mm-hmm. I could socialize with the other sisters in the neighborhood. And we lived in a very tight-knit neighborhood in Eagle Mountain,
1: okay.
2: where um, 94 homes in the neighborhood. And all of us, but maybe four families were, LDS. we're LDS, yeah. yeah. And even they would come to church, you know? <laughs> um, but I never really liked the gospel doctrine class, because I felt like it was too over my head. Well, looking back on it now, it wasn't too over my head. It was because it was triggering too many questions in my mind. And so I'd always go to the <laughs> gospel. Just,
1: and you just want to ask questions, and you knew that was... Right. They didn't want to hear...
2: Exactly. So I, we, I would go to the gospel principles class. My my husband and I and liked going basic, to that one. And that's the basic the one basic, that the converts yeah. or or the um, less active members would go to. Yeah. And I really liked that one, um, just because they focused it more on Christ and kept it basic. And um, even then, every time I'd raise my hand, my husband at the time would lean over like, what's the question this time? Or <laughs> oh. I'd get the elbow or sh- We'll talk at home. I was constantly (laughs) shushed, constantly
1: shushed. Interesting. Well, so what happens? You you get divorced then, and Mm -hmm. you say, and and that was that anything to do with the church at all at that point?
2: It was such a muddled mess at the time. Um, So for a good decade, I was just your typical perfect little Molly Mormon. I even went to the church every week for a while until i started oh yes to the The temple temple, and um until i started having more children and then it would become a monthly and then a much less frequently thing um but then i as i started having more questions i was really trying to attain that burning in the bosom testimony and i was so studying (laughs) like crazy
1: interesting the book of
2: mormon wondering why on earth and i'm not getting this and then i came across a scripture um it was i think it was the Nephi. um But it was where he was talking about one God. And then I remember reading in, is it Mosiah 818?
1: Yeah, there's a Mormon 818. Mormon 818, yeah. God's
2: unchanging. God's unchanging, one God, -hmm. God, just no Mm -hmm. plurality there. And I remember um, talking to my first husband about it then, saying, okay, this doesn't jive with me. Because the Book of Mormon is absolutely the most perfect thing on this earth (laughs) according to what we were always taught. So why does this contradict with what's in the Doctrine and Covenants and with what we're taught in the Book of Abraham and with what we're taught in the Temple about us being able to attain our own worlds at the end of the day if we reach our exaltation? This doesn't make sense to me. Did he
1: have an answer for that? No,
2: he didn't. And (laughs) I kind of cornered him at at that time too. And um, he was never really a a true blue believing Mormon. He He was always going out of sense of obligation sense of duty really? expectations just because no. that's the way it is his
1: family and, and his family yeah.
2: and um he went on his mission albeit late because he went he was also in the military and so he did all of his, his training first too um but um he he said you know I've, I've researched the other religions out in the world and out of all of them this is the least offensive one this is the one that focuses on the family the most.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know,
2: it's better than all the rest. So yeah, that's, that's that's why our family's just going to stick with it.
1: Kind of a default kind of Kinda, a position. Yeah. yeah. And
2: so that was always disheartening to me because I was always the one trying to get to the temple and, and re- really dragging him by his ears just to even come with me. And then finally he did start coming with me towards the end. Um, but then towards the end of our marriage, um, um, I think because the age difference and because of my little rebellious period at the beginning of it, he was always more of a parent figure mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> always fairly controlling and emotionally yeah. abusive and mm-hmm. and um, so towards the end it started getting a little less disenfranchising and, and I just knew it was time to leave because I didn't want my kids to be raised with the example well, of that's, that's okay to treat a spouse. Yeah. And he and I had been through years of marriage counseling and that just wasn't working. It wasn't helping. Right. And so during that time of tumult I I was turning to my savior because i didn't know who else to turn to i felt at that time that i had um i had no other solid rock i didn't know who else to believe because i felt like want to my trust man yeah, <laughs> yeah i didn't trust my first husband because of how he was treating me um i didn't trust the bishop at the time anymore because i'd already gone to him saying i don't feel safe at home and the bishop would say well, we'll go s- home and pray about it and see what oh. you're doing wrong yeah. that's making him treat you that way wow well. You know if you've got an abused wife or abused anybody going to a, a leadership position there was someone in a leadership position saying i'm scared i don't want to go home by myself i need help, I need help. <laughs> yeah. where do i go and then they just say go home and pray about it and see what you're doing wrong i felt so what you're
1: doing wrong right exactly. i felt
2: i felt so violated and so i knew i didn't trust anybody anybody um but i knew because of how my mom and dad taught me that no matter what at the end of the day i could always trust jesus And so that's what i did i started you
1: started studying studying studying, yeah i was
2: always reading the scriptures i was always kind of dabbling in in other lds desert book sources for information you know um but i really started studying just the gospels i started in matthew and then in mark and then um i was in the middle of reading the book of luke and at this time, my bishop in Eagle Mountain had started calling us into the office more frequently just to kind of counseling see we're we for counseling a, yeah. and progress check. I know the marriage is really rocky. You've already left him and kicked him out a couple of times. And, and let's work on this together, we're, you know, trying to save everything. God bless him. He was trying to do what he thought was the best. Um, but then at one point he said, well, what, what book in the scripture are you currently reading now? And I said, well, I'm in the book of Luke. <laughs> And he said, well, that's your problem. You need to be focusing on the Book of Mormon. Oh, no. And so at that <laughs> at that time, talking about spiritual confirmations, I finally got my very first humdinger spiritual confirmation. It was like a bolt of lightning going right through my head of the Spirit testifying to me.
1: He does That
2: this man is not... <laughs> speaking for the Lord that he is not a man of God and it took my breath away I en- I remember looking at him and feeling that inside and just and just realizing that I've been absolutely deceived and I i remember looking at him and saying you're not a man of God you and I that? I did and I ended up just after exchanging a few more words saying I'm going to leave I need to leave now and I remember leaving that bishops interview And I never went back for another one.
1: Is that right? I never
2: did. And poor guy, he kept calling me quite frequently just to follow up with me. And then, and then shortly after that is when I when I left my ex husband for the last time, and finally moved out. Um, But that gave me the courage to the
1: Studying Luke,
2: huh? Yeah, studying Luke. But after I got done reading Luke, it was finally reading the Book of John, and that's what solidified um, my confirmation in my heart. And that's that where I was something
1: was wrong with the church did you sense then that it was
2: That wasn't so much more built of a critical on a bad look.
1: foundation or what, what No what at that
2: point I was focusing more on just trying to find the truth and I, I remember praying to God saying just show me the truth. I don't want any other junk in my life right now just show me your truth. Wow. And so that's why I focused on the gospels and I started reading the book of John and that's when my heart was converted.
1: Wow. You almost have to get to that point where you're willing to be taught, right? Oh, yeah. And, I was willing. And go and to God and say, because I think a lot of Mormons have such a pride in mm-hmm. their own situation and what they're doing, the temple and all that stuff we talked about. Absolutely. That they really don't come to that, God, teach me. I, I'm yeah. I'm yours.
2: I was absolutely broken. I was at the lowest of the low. I was, mm-hmm. I was facing leaving an eternal family and being damned into the pits of hell should I <laughs> should I leave and, and face excommunication for the questions that I've had thus far, you know? Yeah. So God God showed me his berry path and I liked his berries a lot better. Um wow. good for you. And then at that point, um I really wanted to start studying um more about about the church because I was at the time I, I that's when I my heart started converting um towards following Christ. However, I was raised with the Book of Mormon. I was raised with that culture. That's all I had known and I was terrified to leave it. So that's when a little switch in my head just started going off saying, well, I want to prove it right.
1: Prove the church right. Prove
2: the church right. And so
1: then you really started And so that's when I
2: really started digging. That's when I started looking at the church history. That's when I started looking at the Journal of Discourses. I started reading earlier versions of the Book of Mormon wow. because I was trying to prove it right because that's all I had known. That was my last little straw. It has to
1: be right. It has to be
2: right because so many thousands and millions of people out there convert to this church and it's the only true gospel out there. I want to be a part of that.
1: Now, did you feel at this point then you'd been born again as far as your relationship with Jesus?
2: Yes. What I think for me what it was was just the beginning of the opening of the door. Okay. because I was asking him to show me his truth in reading the Gospels, yeah. and he did. But then my stubborn humanness <laughs> kicks in and says, but wait, yeah, no, wait, let me hold on to this. Yeah. I really like this, because this is all this I've known. Is this is my I've comfort know. zone. Yeah. And that's why I went back to start studying again. So
1: was there another pivotal moment that you said, okay, I've learned so much now, I can't deny the negative? Did you have that moment? Or? Yeah,
2: I did. Um Studying only church, church sources of materials, um, I I pretty much studied myself out of the church. <laughs> reading the church history, reading the Journal of Discourses, reading. Um, you you remember Williams. one or
1: two things that were really significant. Uh, for for my wife, it was Joseph Smith's boast in the history of the church. Oh, that was gross. Yeah, yeah
2: I wasn't too fond of that one.
1: Um, no, I think particular? the biggest
2: one for me was. Seeing historically his pattern of behavior,
1: Joseph Smith, Joseph
2: Smith, and how could people, how how our generation of LDS people are we're con- are constantly um, boasting him up, but looking at his behavior pattern of womanizing that. and excusing yeah. it, and then changing yeah. doctrines that he used to disagree with, yeah. to now say that polygamy is okay, yeah. and the way that he treated Emma and put her in that position,
1: it is shocking, and then. Not
2: the the other histories of wives and concubines of his where yeah. their husbands were out in the mission field being yeah. sent out by joseph yeah to go preach the gospel you believe know, it or not like we're running
1: out of time oh well I there you, want go. you to tell me uh, your first time going to a christian church
2: oh my first time going um, to a christian church because oh, my i my relate
1: so closely i relate so well to this
2: oh my goodness so it the first time i went in i saw oh it's gonna make me cry <laughs> Because at this point, I'd been fully converted. I hadn't even touched any anti-Mormon stuff yet. That wasn't um, church-related material, but I felt like I was home.
1: When you went to church? Yeah,
2: it was such mm-hmm. a wonderful homecoming. People were coming up to me, introducing themselves to me.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you think of the service? and The,
2: the service the, was wonderful, because it was all, words? the worship, the music, it was all glorifying God, and there was celebration, and people were clapping their hands. <laughs> And then the pastor went up and taught out of the Bible. Yes. Yeah, he taught out of the Bible.
1: Yeah.
2: I'd never seen that in my life. Yeah. And that he stuck with the Bible. And they, they all do stick with the Bible. And you know, how many other Christian denominations? Yeah. That's why we're all one body of Christ is because we're all teaching the same thing about Jesus. So
1: you go home and...
2: I just went home and sobbed. Sobbed. In gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. And I know the
1: family, it's been tough on the family. You, your family is still very much praying that you'll come back. And
2: Yeah, my mom and my stepdad very much hold out the hopes and the prayers that I'll return one day. Well, what would you day, say to them
1: at this point?
2: Um, my brother and his wife also don't, they don't talk to me anymore. They've um. disassociated themselves completely from me. Um, at this point, it's, it's what I tell anybody else, um, you need to have a relationship with Christ and the only way to do that is to seek Him and to ask Him to show you His truth and to read His Gospels. And I just leave it at that. His words will do all the converting. It's not up to me. I'm just His tool.
1: It's really all about Jesus. It is. It is. Have you ever heard the phrase, well, that's all the Christians have is Jesus?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. because yeah, that but is what
1: what more is there right? no, <laughs> I mean, what, that is. what more do you want
2: absolutely Yeah. absolutely
1: well Elena, thanks so much for sharing you're a delightful young lady you're a registered nurse now i right? am yeah a third career third you career yeah. got it right this time yeah. yeah and you're married to a good husband I am. That. loves you
2: yeah very good kind-hearted christian dude i'm so happy Love him. for you well, thank you proud
1: of you and thank you yeah it's just it's tough i know family family wants us to be otherwise, but we just can't put the genie back in the bottle, can we?
0: No, we can't. We can't. All I can do is just love and be an example.
1: Thanks for coming. See you next time.
0: This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com.